Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darling. Alyssa Vitti is the coolest kind of geek, specializing in hormonal biochemistry, functional nutrition, endocrinology, epigenetics, and neuropsychology. She has spent most of her life studying, researching, personally applying, and globally teaching how to stop hormonal chaos and get into hormonal flow. She founded Flow Living as a virtual online health center to help women solve their hormonal symptoms from anywhere in the world. She published a book called Women Code, which has been the top 50 best-selling women's health books of all time since it was published. And her second book, In the Flow, has been my Bible since this interview. Alyssa believes in easy, affordable reproductive care. For over 15 years, she and Flow Living have helped thousands of women around the world balance their hormones and reclaim their health with nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle. Their proven protocol is backed by science and research to help you achieve real results. Flow Living treats hormonal imbalances like PMS, PCOS, infertility, endometriosis, perimenopause, missing irregular periods, and more. I want to apologize up front for how emotional I am in this interview. If you know me, you know I'm in the midst of a fertility journey that thus far isn't going well. So this conversation was really life-changing for me. Download her app, buy the damn books, and make the changes you need to feel good and get your body working. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am um, so emotional (laughs) about being able to speak to you. It's this is wildly serendipitous that um, we're having this conversation at this time. But it would be great if we just started right now with you giving everyone your backstory, because it's very similar to mine and I'm sure most women. Yeah, I mean, I think that I always had a passion for science, biology, and wanted to, you know, was always somebody who wanted to help people. You know, that was, I think that was sort of just a a deep understanding I had about myself from a young age. But then I what found myself in a situation where my own health from a hormonal point of view, although mm-hmm. we didn't realize it at the time, was just really becoming 
a huge an increasing huge problem over the years. Mm-hmm. And so from from an early age, I just remember not feeling right in my body. I remember expressing that to my father. And they don't know, know what to say. I'm, yeah, I must have been like 13 or 14. I remember vividly the moment we were standing with our arms resting on like a chain link fence that was around the baseball, the little league field, watching my little brother play baseball. Cute. And I was like, dad, so I must have been a, like a very young teenager, 13, 14. And I said, you know, I just don't feel something's off is what I said. And he's like, you're beautiful. You're fine. You know, like, it was just, you know, of course, like all the, and that's not what I was looking, you know, but God bless him. That's a lovely thing to say. Um, he's like, everything's fine, you know? And I said, yeah, everything's fine, but something is off. And I just remember having that internal feeling mm-hmm. of, you know, knowing something was up and, um, yeah. And then it just started progressing from there. I didn't really get my period until I was almost 16. And then I only had it maybe five or six times until I was 22. Um, two of which were uh, chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And, you know, no one knew what to say. I was not being offered any explanation as to why this was happening. And of course, I started going to the gynecologist as soon as I got my period. And I said, gee, why is it has, why did it start so much later than all of my friends? Why is it not coming regularly? Why am I breaking out? Why do I struggle with weight compared to my friends? You know, you know, oh, you know, it's just normal to be irregular. Let's just put you on the pill. And I, I, again, have no idea why my orientation was this way, but maybe it's because my parents were more, I don't know, more, more farm to table before that was a trend, um, you know? And so I just said, you know, I'm just, why would I take a medication if you don't have a diagnosis of something being wrong? Mm. And also, you know, will it cure whatever's wrong? And, you know, the answer is like, no, the pill doesn't cure anything. It just will help mask symptoms. And so that just fundamentally from a lot, like if I just looked at that logically, like that just didn't add up for me. So I wasn't really interested in pursuing that. And um, <laughs> then I ended up at Johns Hopkins because I'm such a nerd. And I um, really, the symptoms got very, very bad there. You know, I, my weight topped out at 210 pounds and, I, um, and I'm only five foot six. So that's a lot of, a lot of booty. Um, <laughs> we're, the same, we're the same height and my weight is uh, fluctuates from 30 pounds. So I know. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, um, definitely had this just tremendous acne, face, chest and back acne and again, no periods. And then of course it was now starting to impact my ability to sleep, my moods. I was sort of anxious and depressed and insomniacal and again, no idea as to why. And I just couldn't accept that there wouldn't be a cause because that is just how things work there's always an explanation. So I started doing my own research. So I was getting so frustrated with the healthcare that I was received, had been receiving for almost a decade at that point, you mm-hmm. know, um, from 12 to 22, when you are pubescent, right. That whole decade, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't find that the healthcare that I received gave me any answers or support or resolution. So, you know, what is an overweight acneic girl who can't sleep do on a Friday night, you know, I was in the library (laughs) researching what could be wrong with me (laughs) at Hopkins, you know, because they have the best library. So I was making good use of my resources. And I found in an obstetrics journal that 
this little tiny, it was like a little sliver of an article about Stein Leventhal disorder, which was, you know, named after the two guys who discovered this disease, which is the old name for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And as, as I was reading sort of the classic presentation of symptoms, you know, just it all... There's your aha moment. Yeah. You know, I said, this is, this is me to a T. And so I was excited, really mostly excited, because what that gave me was an opportunity to make, make some sort of next step. Because when you're just lost in confusion, you don't really know what to do. And I had tried all the typical things in that whole decade of, you know, diets, diet plans and systems. And I had tried all the potions and stuff, you know, for the skin and nothing was, nothing was getting better um, at all. And so I went to my gynecologist the next morning without an appointment and she graciously agreed to see me, uh, although it was a bit stalkerish on my end. And, <laughs> and I, I said, look, look, I have, this is what I have. And she said, oh, oh, you, you, you're probably right. Let's do some testing. So we did some testing and and which, why said, wouldn't yes. she have done that already? Which is what kills me. You know, now, now it's, listen, that was 20 years ago. Now the, you know, PCOS has become much more part of the mainstream conversation. So most gynecologists do know to check for that. But back then, you know, it was not so commonplace that um, people thought to, to look at it yeah. or to look for it. Um, and we, but at the same time, you're right. It's frustrating because, for example, you know, how many years did Lena Dunham potentially go without an endometrius diagnosis? Most mm-hmm. women with endometriosis go undiagnosed for a decade. Yeah, of course. You know, a whole decade where they just have no explanation for the pain, for the bowel issues, for the inflammation, for the exhaustion. And that's, that's the part that's frustrating. And frankly, I think that we do need to do a better job for women's healthcare. That is why my journey and then just looking in aggregate at how women suffer unnecessarily with these issues. And I say unnecessarily because all that's missing, in my opinion, is information and support. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at my own experience and I looked at everybody else that was going through it, because you know, you add up the statistics, one in eight women have PCOS, one in 10 women have endometriosis, uh, one in you know, five women can have fibroids, one in 10 couples is infertile. I mean, you just start to do all this math. It ends up being that 50% of women have a hormone problem. Have something. Mm-hmm. Right. Half. And so, and, and that's news too, because most women walk around because there's not a lot of conversation about this. They walk around thinking, oh, it just must be my own private misery, right? And so they don't talk about it. And then they, that only further prevents them from getting the support. So I decided that I would do something about that. And that's why I built Flow Living because out of that experience of you know, getting a diagnosis and then not being given any reasonable treatment, right? So that was the other half, that's the other little piece of the story. She said, you know, there's nothing we can do for you. You're just going to get progressively worse. Your obesity is going to put you at risk for diabetes. Your diabetes is going to put you at risk for heart disease and cancer. You're unlikely to get pregnant naturally on your own, you know, and we'll just do our best to medicate your symptoms as they progress. You know, Mm -hmm. here I am, you know, what was I, 2021 at that point, that was just an unacceptable. Yeah, that's not the answer. (laughs) I I just, and, and also I heard in my body, like that's, not my future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just really not my future and I'm going to figure this out. And so I did in fact figure out how to 
recalibrate my endocrine system and get back into balance. And I was pretty, not surprised, but it was still awe-inspiring. I wasn't surprised when it happened because it, it was only logical that it would based on the science that the body would recalibrate because that's what the body wants to do. It always wants to get back into homeostasis. So I wasn't surprised when it happened, but I was inspired and awestruck at the power of the body to heal itself, to recover balance. As it was happening to me, my skin cleared up, my weight dropped, you know, my periods came back ovulating, menstruating monthly when I had only had had six, you know, and to have created that, you know, shift in my body in under a year, Hmm. Pretty profound. Mother Nature is so divine. It happens in soil too, when they like recreate like the microbiome of soil. Like she yeah. wants to come back and function right. properly. Life so is, intensely. You, yeah, life is you know nature biology. If you look at fractal biology, which I'm a big, um, I I love that. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of it. I think what's exciting about it is it, it shows the science, or it mathematically maps out the self replicating aspect of nature, meaning nature wants to grow. Nature wants to proliferate. The, you know, everything wants to expand in positive ways. And that is like the hard wiring of pretty much everything that we have in this natural environment, including our bodies. So it is exciting to see it, you know, and, and anyway, after my experience, I just said, I know I'm not the only woman going through this. And mm-hmm. I would like to, I would like to build something, a platform, a health, a hormonal healthcare platform to make this journey that was so long and arduous. I lost an entire decade of my life, you know, that 12 to 22 to just not feeling good. And, you know, you just can't get that time back. And I just wanted to build something that other women, it could just take that time lag completely out where you said, Oh, okay, something's wrong. Let me go somewhere where I can understand why, get the right information, and then, oh, I can pick and choose different products, programs, one-on-one support, what, as much or as little as I need, as I feel like I want, at different stages across my life cycle, whether I'm a menstruating young adult, or I'm trying to get pregnant, or I'm recovering postpartum, or I'm going through perimenopause, I know that there's a place to go for all of those things because, you know, and that's what I wanted. We deserve that. We mm-hmm. deserve. A, a company that um, supports this aspect of our health and our lives. And that is why I built Flu Living. And I'm, I'm really proud of its uh, mission, but also of its historic nature from a feminist point of view. Because, you know, like I said, um, we've been not getting adequate support around our hormonal, the hormonal aspect of our health, which is just so all pervasive. It's really, it, it doesn't let us function optimally. You know, I've without- had male doctors not do anything beneficial for me since eighth grade when I started having incredibly weird symptoms. And I went to my doctor and he said, maybe looked at my mom and said, have you given her a pregnancy test? I was in eighth grade. How fucking offensive. Pardon my French, but oh my God. Well, I mean, listen, I don't think it's a male doctor thing exclusively. I really don't because I've only had female doctors. And so I really just think it's the difference between conventional gynecology is really good for specific things. You know, I'm a big fan of conventional medicine. Um, you know, whenever- The marriage is, of both is what really needs to happen. It's the key, right? And so, and in fact, that's how I've always envisioned, you know, the position that Flow Living takes is really, 
it's not about replacing conventional medicine. You need your gynecologist. You need to find a really good one that you can have an open, wonderful relationship with, which is I go out of my way to do that simply by right away asserting. I usually ask for um, a non-physical visit. I do like an interview. So I just like, I just want like 15 minutes to sit with you in your office, not in the consult room. And I just want to talk about my values and if that's something that you're okay and aligned with. Mm -hmm. And usually in a 10 minute conversation, you will get a sense from this person if they're going to be okay with, you know, what, how you want to take care of yourself. And if not, then you just move on to the, it's like dating, you know, because every doctor is an individual, unique human being. And so you have to find that right relationship. And so many, especially younger doctors today who are just coming out of medical school who are, who, or who have come out of medical school in the past decade, who've grown up in a wellness conversation, to them, it is a no-brainer that there be a, a marriage of the two. Mm-hmm. So you just want to pick, you know, for you, something that works. But, you know, I would say the idea is that to really course correct from a healthcare point of view, my view is that you as the individual are in charge. You are driving the ship or you're, you're at the top of a pyramid or a top of a triangle, you know, the top point of a triangle. And you're the one who's overseeing your uh, team, mm-hmm. right? You're the mm-hmm. executive leader of your team. And one of the team members you're going to need is a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. You, and then another team member that I think would be really helpful just because this is what we do is flow living because mm-hmm. we can provide all this other information and, and support that you're not going to get at the doctor. So we're complementary in that way mm-hmm. and vice versa. In fact, many gynecologists um, and obstetricians refer to us all the time because they, you know, you know how it's like at the doctor, you have like 10 minutes, you know, and mm-hmm. they're, they're big fans of being able to send someone oh yeah, just go to Flu Living and they'll help you understand a little bit more what you can do with diet and lifestyle to help you really help yourself. Um, so it's a beautiful synergy. And Will so- you explain that? Because you're about to blow everyone's mind who is not familiar with you about the rhythms that you have discovered and how important diet and exercise is. Because I think most women now, it's just like, work out, work out, work out. Like do hit workouts. Like that's how you burn fat yeah. and, and intermittent fasting. And I mean, I've done everything. And I just, I stopped working out the last couple of months because I, I was, I had this gut feeling. I'm like, I think maybe I'm not doing the workouts I'm supposed to be doing. Like maybe that's why I'm I can't get pregnant or stay pregnant. Or I just had that moment where I was like, something's wrong. So please enlighten us because it's so fascinating. Yeah. So I just published my second book and it's called In the Flow. And in this book, well, I have written the first book about the infradian rhythm. And so we all know what our circadian rhythm is, right? Mm-hmm. So our circadian rhythm is something you experience over the course of 24 hours, you know, and, and the circadian rhythm governs the timing of certain functions of, of your body. So for example, there's a timing where you have naturally higher blood pressure, naturally lower blood pressure. That's all governed by the circadian rhythm. You have timing of the day where your bowels are naturally more active, right? In the morning, and then they're less active while you're sleeping. Can you imagine if you (laughs) did not have a circadian rhythm and then it was just all like all 
free for all, right? Like whenever, <laughs> whenever the bowel was ready, like you have to wake up at three in the morning because you feel the urge to go and it had to wake you up. Like that's not ideal, right? So Which why, by the way, people, I don't even think people really understand how important it is to have your body follow that rhythm, which is why like you need to really be going to bed at the same time every night and trying to wake up at the same time every day. Your body wants to work. And if you're on your phone or staying up late and not getting the sleep that you need, that's when people start to feel so off. Yeah. And in fact, there's a very famous study that I reference in the book, but I mean, everyone should know about this study. It's the, the famous nurses study that they did up at Brigham and Women's Hospital up in Massachusetts. And they tracked the nurses that were doing the night shift, the oh. graveyard shift, right? So these women had a flip-flop lifestyle. So they were up when everybody's supposed to be sleeping and they were sleeping when everybody else was awake. So they were not living in accordance, in alignment with their circadian rhythm. And what they found was it massively, not only did it give them health issues in the short term, but it then massively increased their risk for the four big diseases of inflammation when they stopped working uh, with the postmenopausal diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia. Oh. Right. So we know, and this is why I'm spending a little time explaining this to you because we have proven left and right. And in fact, just to put a little capstone on how important the circadian rhythm is. Um, two scientists were awarded the Nobel Prize two years ago for discovering the genes that control the circadian rhythm in the body. Pretty oh, extraordinary, wow. right? Because chronobiology, which is the biology of rhythm, rhythms in the body and rhythmic performance of body systems, that's a relatively young science, you know, mm -hmm. sort of like 1960s, 1970s were sort of begun. So it's a big deal that this happened and, and, and it's wonderful. And so we now know, and it's even pervaded like the wellness conversation, biohacking, like you, you may have heard of your blue light blocking glasses and like you just said, like, oh, but yeah, you know, you know, like, oh, okay. I, you would assume it would be very bad for me to go to sleep for one hour and then be up for three days. Like yeah. you would feel sick and then it would, might have longer term repercussions. But we, we have a second rhythm that we have never heard about. And I'm just so excited to share it with you because <laughs> it is going to literally change, change your lives. life, yeah. you know, and, and I'm just so eager for women to hear about it because it literally explains why you don't feel the way you want to feel, right? So this rhythm is called the infradian rhythm and it governs six key systems of your body as a female. Now, the circadian you experience over the course of 24 hours, the infradian you experience over the course of 28 days or your monthly cycle, your but cycle. it goes well beyond your period. It governs your brain function, your metabolism, your mm -hmm. immune system, your stress response system, your microbiome, and your reproductive system. So not just your period, your entire reproductive system, which includes menstruation, fertility, and sex drive right? And sexual response. So it's like the whole thing. So if you wonder why it is that you feel foggy headed and you can't lose a few pounds that you want to, or you're struggling with a menstrual disorder or fertility issue or some other issue, um, you feel bloated, you feel all these things. I'm about to explain why. It makes right? me so emotional because those are all the things that I'm so intensely struggling with right now. And in the last chapter of the book, chapter 10, I really speak to this emotional piece because when I was first teaching about this after I launched the MyFlow app, I would be presenting all this information to, you know, rooms filled with eager women to, who are eager to feel better. 
And at the end, it would be this very emotional thing where, you know, you feel, you feel grief, you feel a little anger having been deprived of this information. Mm-hmm. It's, it's emotional, right? So it's, if you're feeling that way after you hear this, it's, it's totally normal. And, um, and you have a right to those feelings, you know, and I just, I wish that it wasn't this way. I wish that we didn't all have to have had gone through all of this for myself, for you. It is what it is mm-hmm. at this point. And I'm just hopeful for the future that, you know, for example, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter. She already understands this concept of biological rhythms and she's getting an age and stage appropriate education about how, about the body, yeah. right? You know, we were just, I introduced the cell to her the other day, the concept of the cell. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. You know, so just, you know, can you imagine, even if you don't, if you're not hardcore, like I am this as a science nerd, can you imagine what it would be like if in the future, 10 year old girls were told like, oh, in a couple of years, you're in Freudian clock. I got is- my period when I was 10. Yeah. And yeah no, or nine. And yeah. no one taught me anything. And I well, that's true for everyone. Hemorrhaged blood privately in bathrooms at schools. I cried. I had blood dripping down my legs in church at school. Right. It's, it's actually, it's a profoundly disempowering cultural thing that happens to women. Like when you don't prepare girls to first understand what what is taking place in the body, and then you leave them alone to be isolated, you have only the outcome possible where you're going to have a negative association with your body and with your hormones. Mm -hmm. So of course, then you try to avoid them the rest of your life. And then you get progressively worse with symptoms and disorders um, with menstruation. And then, you know, you wake up in your thirties and forties being like, how is it that I cannot feel the way I want to feel? Well, Mm -hmm. when you institutionalize depriving people of education about how their bodies work, that's what happens in my opinion. And that's what I've seen with women. So yeah, it's a lot to be disheartened about, but the the hopeful news is, can you imagine a different trajectory for a young girl where, you know, she's told at nine, like, listen, your infradian clock is about to get activated. It's going to be, it's going to be with you and running the show until your very last lead, you know, sometime in your fifties. Right. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is take care of this infradian clock and you're going to feel fantastic. Right. Unbelievable. Before you even talk about periods, the thing you should be talking about is that you get to have two biological clocks as a female for about four decades. So everyone has a circadian clock. But for women from puberty, from the first bleed to the last bleed, puberty to, to menopause, you have two clocks running, the circadian and the infradian. And you have to take care of them both. Just like we know, taking care of the circadian is so critical to your health taking care of this infradian is equally, if not more important, um, because of all of the systems of the body that are implicated. So how does it work? You have these four phases of your cycle. You have the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, the, mens- the luteal phase, and the bleeding phase. And the infradian rhythm, you know, sort of helps modulate the impact of all of these hormonal fluctuations across these systems of the body. So you're metabolically different from phase to phase, right? And this is important, for example, because you've probably heard the um, the cultural norm, the cultural narrative, the conversation that we have that says, oh, well, 
women have a slower metabolism. And so therefore, compared to men, we have to restrict more calories and work out Mm -hmm. harder to achieve our results, right? So all your life, you've had that somewhere, that program, that conditioning, that thought running the show somewhere. So you've done all the detoxes and you've done all the cleanses and you've done all the, I'm going to do a 21 day boot camp thing. And you've done all this like extreme stuff. I call this like extreme dieting and workout like fits and starts, right? And you may feel a little euphoric at the beginning, like, yay, look at me, I'm doing something good for myself. And you may even get some results, but then all of a sudden things start to not work out. You don't feel as good. You find it hard to stick with it. You get really negative with your self-talk. And then at the end of the day, most of the time, at the end of all of this huge effort and focus and time drain, you kind of back where you started. Always. (laughs) And that's, really a testament to the following thing, which is what caused me to write this book in the first place. Because from where I sit, having taken care of women for 20 years now at Flow Living, what I started to see was I said, oh, well, great. You know, about five years ago, we had people free bleeding on Instagram. We had this whole menstruation, like normalization in the wellness conversation, you know, well and good and mind, body, green were pulling me into articles about, you know, talking about menstruation. I said, this is historic, unprecedented. In fact, we have lots of content. We have the internet, which means we have lots of access for the vast majority of women on the planet, not just locally. That should equal, again, I'm nothing if not logical, that should equal (laughs) more healthy women. But then when I kept digging into this, I said, oh my goodness, no, it's 50% of women are still hormonally imbalanced. And when we compare that to the male cohort, it's like under 10%. What what is really going on? Well, then then that's why I wrote this book, because One, women are being left out of medical fitness and nutrition research, which means every single fad diet or trendy diet or trendy workout that you've read about has been Mm. researched on men, sometimes postmenopausal women, sometimes some women in certain phase of their cycle that feels easier for researchers to track. But most of the time you're left out. In fact, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, knows that this is such a big problem. And they've known about that since 1997. They put out a whole APB, like, please, researchers, if you're doing any human clinical trials, please include women in their reproductive years because they know how problematic this is for women's health, like, you know, staying alive, right, in a medical experience. And so, but unfortunately, the, the status report on that in 2016 Um, was that progress has been very minimal. And then in fitness and nutrition, it's just, you know, for example, the um, intermittent fasting, right, has been all the rage this year, certainly a trend on trending um, in the world of wellness and in all sorts of media outlets. The challenge is, of course, that that research that shows that it improves cellular autophagy and extends your life and improves your brain health and improves your metabolism and decreases risk for disease and all those wonderful things, that's only researched, documented, and accurate if you're a male or if you're postmenopausal. And in those cases, if you're male and postmenopausal, you absolutely should be doing intermittent fasting because it is clearly hugely beneficial based on the actual studies. The little bit of research that's been done on women in the reproductive years shows that it's the exact opposite. It worsens blood sugar sensitivity. It decreases cognitive performance. It it worsens metabolic performance. It does not give you all that life-extending benefits in your reproductive years. And oh, by the way, it can shrink your ovaries. I've been intermittent fasting for a year. 
So here you go, right? Struggling with fertility, thinking what could el- what it what is it that you're doing? But again, without that correct transparency in the journalism around, oh, intermittent fasting is good now. This is what this research has been done and is proving that this is going to give you all these benefits. And by the it just all they would need to do is add one sentence to say, please note that this research has only been conducted on males and postmenopausal women. And so women in their reproductive years should proceed with extreme caution. That should be in every article about high intensity interval training, intermittent fasting, et cetera, paleo, keto. Um, That's all can, the stuff that I do. I'm because told to because, intermittent fast and hit workout in a fasted state, stay keto, stay paleo. That's all. That's how I've been living. Keto can disrupt your thyroid function and decrease your fertility. Great. Well, disrupt ovulation, right? And again, you come by this honestly because the information about the, the studies has not been transparent enough to include you. You see, this is about inclusivity and a little bit of outdated gender bias in research, mm-hmm. right? Um, looking at, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I think, I think it's time. Um, and uh, so... I, so that first really got me. And then of course it made sense. Once we understand the infradian rhythm, everything that you're doing from high intensity interval training, if you, if you're listening and you, your goal is to eat the same amount of calories every day and do the same intense, whatever workout you're doing to do it the same every single day throughout the month. Uh, if that's your goal, you are actively going to be disrupting your infradian rhythm and you're going to cause dysfunction across those six systems of your body. And one of the first places that you will see it is in disruption around your cycle, right? And so hmm. that's the bad news. Mm-hmm. But the good so news is what, that you're going to help me fix it. <laughs> yeah, the bad news is I figured out a huge cause of of so many women's you know, health issues, which is that we're disrupting our infradian rhythm and, mm-hmm. and that we come by that honestly, because again, it's just been an enormous blind spot and we've been left out. We're not being included in the conversation. The good news is, and that's why, again, why I wanted to write this book. The good news is I've created a method. It's called the cycle syncing method where you synchronize your calorie intake and the types of foods that you're eating along with t- the length and intensity of workouts and what you're working on, right? So time management and project management, you mm-hmm. synchronize these three things with your infradian rhythm. Okay. And when you do that, you stop disrupting it, you decrease stress and inflammation in the body, and you allow these systems of your body to function the way they're supposed to, right? And again, this is not, uh, frankly, a novel idea in the sense that um, men have been doing this for forever, forever, right? Mm -hmm. Because they understand that their hormonal biochemistry follows that 24-hour circadian rhythm. So let's look at corporate culture and understand now where men are coming from, right? Men make all their testosterone while they're sleeping. It is extremely advantageous for men if they want to biohack their optimal wellness to go to bed by 10 o'clock and to wake up at five or six, because during that seven or eight hours sleeping, they're going to make an enormous amount of testosterone. And then the earlier they wake up, because it is already being released into their bloodstream, the more time they will have in the day to use it, to put it to use. And that's also why you hear all this in success culture, right? Think of any coach, successful coach, they're typically males. And they'll say, 
get up first thing in the morning, do a big workout, and then get right to work, and then schedule all your socializing and networking after three o'clock. Why? Because actually that's when, from a biological hormonal point of view, men fall off the testosterone and cortisol cliff after three. And if we look at corporate culture, when is happy hour? Mm-hmm. When are networking events? Certainly not timing that at all matches up with the female in freedom rhythm or even her lifestyle, especially if she has children. Um, it's just what works for male biochemistry. And it works really well for them because they are not sick with hormonal problems to the tune of half of their population. Yeah. And that's why we know it's, a, so they are syncing with their hormonal cycle constantly. Oh the problem is, so it's a great idea. One I'm highly advising us to do for our own biochemistry. And that's what the cycle syncing method is. I'm taking a very tried and true uh, logical approach, which is if this is the way your body works from a timing point of view, then let's schedule the things at the right time so that our body can work optimally. Cause that works. In fact, any physical athletic coach will train men to build lean muscle at specific times of the day. They know exactly when to do that. That has been researched up and down because if you want to build lean muscle, you have to do it at a specific time when you have access to testosterone, right? And if you want to burn mm-hmm. fat, you do that at a specific time. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, the U.S. women's soccer team is now using the understanding of the infrading rhythm to train their female athletes and obviously to great success. So we are on the cusp, I feel, of really having a revolution when it comes to women's health and health care and a real plan for us to actually get healthy and stay healthy. It's a lifestyle. It's not something you do for one month. This is just how you do. How you, so is it, it's it broken down into kind of like four four weeks? Like each week is different? Each week is slightly different. So for example, in the first half, the follicular and ovulatory weeks of the month, your metabolism is slightly slower. So you need fewer calories and your levels of resting cortisol are slightly lower. So you can actually do higher intensity workouts And what the combination of the slightly lower caloric intake and the more intense workouts will do in the context of your slower metabolism is it will actually expedite or increase the the chance of you building lean muscle and burning your stored fat as fuel, right? Which is what you want, okay? Now, this changes totally in the second half. So studies show that once you cross over the threshold of ovulation and you're now in the second half, the luteal phase of your cycle, your metabolism speeds up. You need 274 more calories per day. Must have them. (laughs) If you don't eat these approximately 300 more calories per day, you're going to- your body is going to go into starvation mode. It's going to keep fat cells on the body, or it's going to make you binge eat because you haven't eaten enough. Your metabolism speeds up and your levels of cortisol at rest are slightly higher, which means, and the studies show that if you, if you continue to calorie restrict, like you do, like you have been conditioned to do every single day, and you do a high intensity interval training workout in the luteal phase, you will, ready? You will turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting. (laughs) So here you are trying to be good, trying to be dedicated, trying to just do it. Right. 
and you're doing the same thing you did two weeks ago because you that felt easy to do. And you're like, well, why can't I still do it now? Well, your body doesn't, A, it's not good for your body. But then it's undoing whatever gains you made with lean muscle and burn fat. You put it right back on or you undo it. You neg- yeah. And that's why at the end of every month, you feel like, what's happening? I never make any forward progress. Well, you're, you're not going to. You're not going to make any progress if you keep eating and exercising the same way each and every day because you're going to be ignoring the inflating rhythm and then you're going to be disrupting it, which means you're going to make your met- metabolic function um, you know, less optimal, which means you're not going to be leaning out and burning fat. So in the second half, you're going to eat more calorie-dense foods and also foods that help stabilize your blood sugar because your metabolism has sped up. You have to really strategically eat the right kinds of carbohydrates. Um, you have to you know, eat more cruciferous cooked vegetables. You can't be doing all this raw stuff in this time of the month. And then you're going to do no intensity workouts, meaning you could, for example, you could hold a plank for five minutes. Go for it. You just can't be doing like jumping jacks and then squats, right? Or you can't go for a jog. You can do all the slow strength training. In fact, the heavier the weights during the luteal phase, the better. Mm. Strength train, strength train, Pilates, intense yoga where you are holding positions for minutes at a time. Anything that is not bouncing around is great. So you can work your little tush off. You just don't don't do it in that hit workout or boot camp or spinning or that kind of stuff, right? Save that for the follicular the ovulatory phases. Switch to strength training, the luteal phase. It's remarkable what will happen to your metabolism, right? Your whatever you think you've been hoping to like stabilize out with your weight, it's just, that is your body is supposed to do that. Your body's trying to lose fifteen pounds since I was in eighth grade. <laughs> like, yeah, it's unbelievable to think. No, and in fact, all that time I've wasted. All that time, all that time you've wasted, all that money you have wasted. It's it is upsetting. Because the only reason that that happened to you is because this information was lacking. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think, you know, knowledge is power. I mean, I don't see how that could be any truer in in any moment is this one, because we have all been trying to drive a car, the car of our bodies with blackout windows all in the car. So you can't see out at all. I also want to say it's not about... I want to, because I don't want this to be like a trigger. Like my goal here is not to be someone who is thin. That's not, my husband doesn't want that. I don't want that. We're we're talking about biohacking, which means biohacking like a woman does not mean achieving some extreme anything. It means that you're actually not interfering with the Mm -hmm. powerful design of the female body. So Mm -hmm. part of the book, actually, I spend a lot of time in part one of the book, really going into great detail to explain to you how well designed you are from your brain down to your toes. Like you have got the goods. Mm -hmm. If you are, you know, you really do. You have a much more sophisticated brain. It's why women need 20 minutes more of sleep every night. Now let's just like let's just focus on that for a minute. Again, when you don't know that information and you didn't know about the infradian rhythm, what have you been doing as an entrepreneur or as a person work trying to climb the corporate ladder, whatever you're doing to be successful? You've heard out in the ether that you should have a power morning and you should wake up at 5 a.m. or if or if you're in a heterosexual relationship, that you should wake up the same time as your husband or your boyfriend. And you wake up at 5 a.m. 
And guess what that does to you? You deprive your brain of the extra 20 minutes it needs to clean itself because it is more complex in structure than the male brain. So you wake up now foggy headed. No amount of coffee is or caffeine is going to undo that. And then you've actually elevated resting cortisol levels at the wrong time in your cycle because that is you're now creating stress by waking up too early. And then the rest of the day, your blood sugar is going to be off. Your metabolism is going to be suboptimal. You're not going to be clear-headed. You're going to be in a bad mood. You're going to have anxiety and depression. And at the end of the day, you're going to set, instead of knowing that there's an actual scientific reason why this happened to you, you're going to sit there at the end of the day, drink a glass of wine and beat yourself up and say, gee, I just don't know if I'm ever going to have the success that I'm dreaming of for myself because I can't seem to get it together during the day. I don't compare to that perfect schedule that's being told to me as what I should strive for. You should not be striving to have the schedule of any male person. You should be striving to have a schedule that actually includes your female biochemistry, period. All the puns intended. And you have (laughs) to start taking space up for yourself to do that because the world has been telling us that in order for us to be successful as women... The only way we're going to do that is if we um, adopt the practices of men, but those only work for male biochemistry. And that's why, that's why you see that, right? And that's why we're struggling so much. And it's just so frustrating because the answer is very simple. Mm -hmm. Like they should do this syncing with their cycle and so should we. And we just happen to have two different cycles. Optimal (laughs) day. And how does that, how is that different yeah. from like a men's? When, when I get asked that question for interviews, I say, well, it just depends on which phase of the cycle I'm in, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so for example, in the second half of my cycle, when my resting cortisol levels are slightly higher, I don't like to push myself to have an earlier wake up time, but I do like to do that in the first half. Um, and I'll do more morning workouts in the first half. And in the second half, I'll do them maybe mid-morning or something mid-afternoon, just depends on when my energy feels the most buoyant, right? So I don't have this, the the whole idea of like that you have to follow this rigid structure really falls away once you start aligning with your cycle and using the cycle thinking method because it's really about what is right for me right now. And the method is totally laid out in in your book, correct? Oh my gosh, there's chart after chart. So (laughs) chapter four, there's a chart about which foods to eat when. Amazing. Chapter five, there's which workout. There's lots of different workouts to do. Do not think you're going to be limited to working out. You're going to have lots of workouts to do. But for example, you can get away with working out for an hour in the first half of your cycle. But in the second half, if you're recovering from hormonal issues, you can only really do 30 minutes. Mm. And I explain why in the book. In chapter six, there's actually the world's first time management planner for women that includes the circadian and infradian rhythm. So you can plan out your days, your weeks, your months, your life based on understanding your brain chemistry fluctuations. For example, what do I mean by that? During the luteal phase, with the introduction of progesterone into your brain chemistry, uh, and let me back up to say, in 1996, Dr. Catherine Woolley of Northwestern University discovered that the female brain changes structurally by 25% over the course of the month which is what I mean by saying that the infradian rhythm governs like your brain function, right? It changes how you are thinking and how you're approaching situations. So in the luteal phase, when you have the introduction of progesterone, progesterone is like this wonderful hormone that most of you are deficient in who are listening because you have PMS. If you have any PMS, it means you're progesterone deficient and estrogen dominant. That's what I am. when, When you have enough progesterone, 
um, it has this very calming, soothing, focusing effect. So in the luteal phase, actually, this is- I've never felt that way. (laughs) Right. But but it is your birthright to feel that way. And once you get balanced, you will. You will have enough That was me with a heavy period, extreme PMS and being diagnosed with ADD and put on an exorbitant amount of Adderall in high school. Yeah, I, you know, I hadn't even really thought about the ADD and, and teenage girl conversation, but you're right. I bet that um, if more young teens understood how to synchronize their, their lives, their, their projects with their infradian changes, that they would understand that during the luteal phase, which is the longest phase of the cycle, it's 10 to 14 days because nature wants you to do deep work for the longest period of time in the month, right? This is when I schedule when I do my monthly mapping. Important meetings. All, no, no. All my deep work. I, I say no to meetings and oh. I, get, I get stuff done. I carve cool. out three hours to do this or five hours to do that. And I say no to meetings, no to networking. I just, I'm like, I'm going in the productivity cave. Amazing. And I'll, and I'll come out in a couple of days or two weeks, depending on where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then, but then in the ovulatory phase, because of that spike in estrogen now, that's, hyper-stimulating your verbal and social centers of your brain. Uh, so during that time, I schedule all sorts of things that are more verbal and social orienta- oriented. And why wouldn't I do that? Right? Well, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't know about it. But if you know about it, yeah. it becomes nuts to try to do it any other way because to do it any other way, you can do anything at any time. You are superwoman, right? Yeah. But it just it just adds more stress. Mm-hmm. It drains your batteries a little bit more. And I constantly do experiments. Like for example, right now, I'm in the mid surge of my luteal phase. So I'm doing a few podcasts. Is that ideal for me? Not necessarily. However, for me, what I notice is if I get extra rest, which I did this morning and last night, and I don't schedule any other deep work during the day and I make this the focus of my day, then I don't feel any battery drain, right? And so you're going to learn in the time management planner how to compensate like this because sometimes life comes up and you have to do things that are out of sync with your face and it's fine. Right. It's just about managing your energy and making sure you're doing a little extra self-care when you know you're going to be doing something that's out of sync with that phase so that you don't drain your batteries because that's the other reason why so many women are suffering with anxiety and fatigue is because if you do this constantly where you're working out of sync with your cycle and you're doing calorie restriction all the time and you're doing high intensity workouts every day, now that you understand that your hormones are changing, your cortisol levels are changing, your immune system response is changing, all of this is changing throughout the month, but you're trying to be the same every day. Do you understand how that's going to put a drain on your Mm -hmm. battery? right? That is the fundamental thing that's happening to all women. And that, that'll show up in different ways, depending on you. It might show up as you can't lose that 15 pounds that you've been trying to lose since you were 12. Um, you feel foggy. You feel like you can never sit down and just get things done. You feel like you start, but never finish. Um, you feel stressed and disappointed in yourself all the time. You don't feel like there's enough time in the day. It's just that you're, you're trying to take care of yourself and live from a timing point of view in a way that does not include what is happening in your body. And it is, it is very draining on your system. And that's going to have real physical repercussions and consequences. You're going to get sick in mm-hmm. some way. Right. And that'll start small and then it gets bigger. I mean, I was so sick for so long. I would get pneumonia every year. 
Um, so I've spent so much time. And now that I'm so healthy, I've spent so much time and money trying to figure out why I can't lose weight, why I'm tired, why I get depressed, why I'm anxious. And I just went to an amazing functional medicine doctor and did all those tests. And he was like, you're extremely healthy. I have right? no autoimmune. I have no, and there's nothing so fucking left to change. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because I cannot tell you how many women come to Flow Living and they say, I've had all these blood tests done at functional doctors. Yeah. Nothing is wrong. My hormones are fine. Everything's within normal range. I don't understand why I still feel bad. Well, I just explained it to you. Totally. You feel bad because if you are eating, exercising, and living in a way that disrupts your infrating rhythm, you're going to feel bad cognitively, metabolically, immunologically, stress response system-wise, microbiome-wise, and reproductive system-wise. It's all going to feel like you're swimming through molasses, you know, just to That's get That's how it the feels. Point. And the only thing that we could kind of come up with is like, oh, I have SIBO. And that was like really the only, I was like, that's the only, and you know, he was like, and your hormones are clear. Like my progesterone is really low. And I got that when I had a miscarriage and I had my, my blood work done. I had, I was scared. I was miscarrying. So I had blood work done. And the doctor, after calling my doctor over the week, after calling his nurse on Monday and said, I miscarried over the weekend, he called me Tuesday to congratulate me on my pregnancy because she didn't relay the information. But he said, I called in progesterone for you because it's extremely low. And then I had two horrible chemical pregnancies after that. And clotting. Like, I'm like, I literally would look at my husband and I'd be like, I don't know how I'm not dead. Like, how can someone bleed so much and not die? Like, I don't, and I'm spiraling and there's just no answers. And the answer was, I, I went to a doctor who said, oh, well, all your levels are really bad and your chemical pregnancy and miscarrying because your egg quality is so bad and you just have to do IVF. I'm like, and you're, you know, you're older now, you're 33. And so I'm like, I understand doing IVF if, if I've tried everything and it's not working. And I understand having insurance policy with embryos for later in life because we would love to have at least three kids. I understand all of that. But I've been feeling for for months now, it's like there has to be something else that I can do. Like I am healthy and and I want and the you're opportunity. I'm, I'm not old. You're <laughs> so young. I mean, I had my first daughter, my daughter, at 37 and a half. My mom too, my mom had me at 37. And so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this can't, like I, there has to be something else that I can do. There just has to be something else that I can do. It can't I, be I, that I, I'm wrong. I, I, no, and I, I'm, I, I think it is so beautiful and generous of you to share the, the intimate details of what you've been going through because so many women need to hear about this information so they don't feel isolated. And it's terrible that you've had this experience. Um, miscarriages are... It's, it's everyone. It's, I feel like I'm lucky that I only had one. I'm interacting with women on Instagram who have had like five right. miscarriages and three yeah. and they don't know. And IVF's not working and this isn't working. And we're all just like pulling at nothing. I'm like, I feel like I'm swimming and I'm not moving. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. A, you know, I, it, the fertility conversation, I think, you know just like every other conversation can be greatly helped by women taking care of their infradian rhythms, right? Because yes. if you, if you've been disrupting that for decades, right? Just like we know working the graveyard shift from a circadian point of view definitely increases your risk of diseases, right? It is only logical to then think that if you're actively disrupting your infradian rhythm by mismanaging 
those inputs of diet, exercise, and, and life, right? That um, that's going to have a, a stress effect that then impacts ovulation. That's going to impact your progesterone. So, for example, let's just talk about stress because every time we talk about stress, it feels like this really amorphous thing outside of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I say the word stress, what I mean is cortisol, the hormone, the stress hormone of cortisol. So when you are disruptive of your infrating rhythm, now you have a baseline of cortisol function of demand for cortisol that is greater than you would have if you didn't disrupt it. Okay. And here's why that's bad. You're not supposed to be making, you're not, you're not supposed to be asking your adrenal glands to make all this cortisol all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not how they were designed. As a result, when you make all of this demand, they, they run out of the reserves that they have stored in their tissues, in the glands, the, the, the adrenal glands themselves, right? They store vitamin C and they, other amino acids. And then whenever you need cortisol, they make that hormone in real time for you, right? Mm-hmm. Just like your thyroid gland stores iodine and L-tyrosine. And when you need to make, when, the, when your brain sends out thyroid stimulating hormone to your thyroid gland, then it takes those micronutrients and helps make thyroid hormone, right? Mm. So the food you eat gets transmuted into these micronutrients that get stored in your organs and glands, a lot of which are in the endocrine system. After they run out of the reserve, assuming you're eating beautifully to have enough micronutrient reserve, which most women are not, especially if you have a history of dieting and fasting and taking birth control, synthetic birth control, which massively depletes your micronutrient levels um, and puts you way behind the eight ball in terms of having healthy hormonal function. Then when you run out of the reserve, then your body says, well, we need more cortisol, but the brain is asking for it. So we have to make it right. And it will do something called the pregnenolone steal. Pregnenolone is this mother hormone from which cortisol and progesterone is manufactured. Mm. So instead of now reserving some of that pregnenolone to get converted into progesterone, makes a quick switch and more of it gets converted to cortisol. So now you have a double vicious double-edged sword. You have Mm. more cortisol that's going to, by the way, completely disrupt your ovulation because that's what it does. And then you won't have enough progesterone to have an adequate luteal phase or implantation if you're trying to conceive, right? You won't be able to maintain a pregnancy or have regular ovulation to time intercourse. Oh my God. And this all comes from the mismanagement of your infradian rhythm because it adds a layer of stress to your body that is not supposed to be there. How do we go to the top of every mountain and shout this to every woman in the world? Well, I started by writing a book. I have an app and then you are so graciously happy on your podcast. I mean, this is like, I will only talk about this forever now. My God, my God. I mean, all makes so much sense. As nature should, yeah, as nature, because nature is elegant yes. and efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's also really re- calming about this is like, oh, I don't have to do something separate for my skin or something separate for my metabolism or this for that. And you don't have, it should not be spot treating. Because essentially, right? if you follow this rhythm, that's balancing your hormones. You're not having to take a thyroid medication. I mean, I'm on thyroid medication. And I'm always like, you know, taking iodine and doing all these things to supplement to make sure. So here's the thing. Everybody's going to start this process at a different level of deficiency. Yeah, of course. So then then you have to supplement based on who you are. 
you, your history is going to vary. And there's a whole biohacking toolkit inside the book to answer questions like, well, what if I've been on the pill or what if I'm breastfeeding or what if I'm perimenopausal or what if, what if, what if, right? So I wanted to try to address some of these questions and, and help women understand how to navigate things. So the challenge is that you may have to take more time to recover because everybody responds to infradian disruption more or less mm-hmm. severely. So if you've only been disrupting your infrading rhythm for a decade, let's say you're in your early 20s, right? You'll recover faster. But if you're in your 30s and you've had a complex history and you've done a lot of extreme stuff um, and you've been exposed to a lot of different medications, it may take you a little bit longer before you can get to a place where you're feeling that the body is now telling you, giving you signs that you need less and less and less of those medications. And you'll be able to measure that with mm-hmm. your doctor and really watch that as you get healthier. As, because it is only logical, right? As you maintain appropriate levels of blood sugar stability, as you maintain healthy, balanced stress response, as you support proper exercise and get proper rest, right? If you're, if you're doing all these like really fundamental things right at the right time, which is the piece that you've had missing mm-hmm. all this time is that you've, you've been doing good things, just not at the right time um, for your body. If you start adding in that element of timing, then the body is going to start to return to homeostasis. So you could actually measure with your doctor over time, do I need less thyroid medication? Mm-hmm. Perhaps you will, right? But none of this has yet, this is, we need, I, and there's a whole, I had did a whole call out in, in the back of the book to researchers, like here are some studies mm-hmm. we could use to help us learn even more about the infrading rhythm. We are at um, just the beginning of what we're going to discover about this whole new biological rhythm. I mean, just think about the implications and impact that understanding the circadian rhythm has had in the past even decade. We're, we're still at the infancy of even in applying that to our wellness regime, but it's exciting to think about all that is possible and certainly helping more women feel good while we're waiting for some of that new, exciting research to come in. I cannot thank you enough. I'm like so overwhelmed. What a magical, magical thing you did. You make me cry. <laughs> and it's just unbelievable. It's, it's, and it all makes so much sense. And I'm just so thankful. And I can't wait to share this with all of our listeners. And I downloaded the app this morning because I had, I just went off birth control to spend the next six months getting my body back. And so that's why I'm saying like the, um, this timing couldn't be more divine because I, I literally like start Monday with a girl who's going to essentially be like a fertility coach for me. And I just feel like I have like a, a fighting chance again to like get pregnant, which is like, yeah, well, and let, you know, and please definitely use us as a resource. We, we have a lot of flow babies out <laughs> in the world and I'm really proud of proud auntie of many, many flow babies, which is really a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, you know, for anybody who's been on birth control and you're feeling a little panicky, don't don't worry. You can actually, um, it's all listed in the book, but you can also reach out to us at Flow Living. We have a birth control rehab guide, oh, cool. which is free. Um, so, so you can understand what the medication may have done to you from a micronutrient depletion point of view, and then understand which supplements will be helpful for you in restoring some micronutrient levels that are what you need. And yes, I'm so glad you downloaded the app. It's the one with the circle, not the feather, just in case there's confusion. It's myflowtracker.com. <laughs> okay. that's, right, that's the one. It looks like the circle is exactly the same one from the book cover. Okay, so, uh, Well, thank you, you so much for your yeah, time. Sure. I'm just 
beyond honored. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if you do purchase the book, go, please take advantage of all the free, free content that I created as bonuses. You can go to intheflowbook.com and with purchase, you're going to get all sorts of infradian rhythm, quick start guides. You can even take a quiz there to understand how much or how little you may have been disrupting your, your biological rhythms. Um, so it's a really great resource in flowbook.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Pia. Enjoy the rest of your day. Ciao. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.